Welcome to the Web3 Artist Spotlight, the podcast that shines a spotlight on talented artists who are leveraging Web3 technology to sell their art and connect with collectors in new and innovative ways. Through in-depth interviews, we learn more about the artists behind the art and uncover their unique creative processes, inspirations, passions, and the stories behind their captivating artworks. From seasoned professionals to emerging talents, we bring you a diverse range of voices from the Web3 community, and we delve deeper into how blockchain technology, NFTs, and decentralized platforms are revolutionizing the art industry. Nora Cartes is a talented vector artist who is also a voice on current events in Web3. She is a lover of nature and of people who has a unique ability to use her insights in psychology in her art. Her work as an artist spans outside the scope of NFTs. She creates beautiful illustrations that can be used on websites and different applications worldwide. And with that, Giancarlo and I welcome Nora to the space. Oh, thank you for the introduction. You're very welcome. Thank you for being here, Nora. So, um, all right. So with that, maybe let's start it off. Uh, Maybe just take, you know, three to five minutes, Nora. Tell us a little bit more about yourself and your story and how did you come into Web3? Well, I'm a speech therapist by profession, but when I started in university, I realized that I don't want to work uh, as a speech therapist. And then I've started to look for something that I would like to do as my job. And uh, I had like two choices because I also love horses and I like drawing. So, uh, but I had some problems with horse riding, like, because we don't have a lot of stables here and especially we don't have a lot of good teachers here so i decided to um, make uh, illustrations uh, my profession and i took some online courses uh, about vector illustrations especially because i didn't have a tablet for drawing so uh, i had only a laptop so that's why i've started to learn vector graphics actually because you can draw it with your laptop and mouse So I took some online courses and uh, then I also took some courses about artist promotion. After that, I had some orders for packaging illustrations from the USA. And then I found out uh, on Instagram about the NFT space. Uh, I didn't understand the technology at all. And... uh, It was just interesting for me to join because I was thinking about it like an extra money, an extra opportunity to show myself as an artist and as an illustrator. So that's why uh, I bought a guide about the NFT space, how to start here, about the platforms and so on. That's how I started. It was like November uh, a year ago, more actually already so uh yeah but then i um, left the space for some months because i have exams in university and i also had the order for package illustration had some courses at the same time that's why i wasn't able to be here but in may i decided to come back and uh, that's where my journey starts (laughs) That's awesome. And was there like somebody in particular you were following on IG, like on Instagram that 
that uh, when you found out about Web3? Like, was there someone that's, that maybe you're still connected to or just some kind of random, you know, post about Web3 and, and that kind of got your, your curiosity going? Uh, first of all, I've met another illustrator uh, who also, um, you know, she's like more illustrator in real life. She also do some orders for packages and so on. And uh, I saw that she started to learn about it from another girl who was in the NFT space. That's how I was interested in it too. Cool. Oh, that's awesome. And uh, so it's funny that you mentioned that you came to like a crossroads um, after realizing you didn't want to do or like become a speech therapist and you chose, you had to choose between like horses and, and the vector graphics. And so I, I um, funny enough, like I, I grew up in Colombia and South America and I did a lot of horseback riding as a kid and just always loved it. But, you know, don't, don't get to do it as much nowadays. Um, and I'm curious, uh, two things, like if you still feel like you made the right choice of, you know, going with the art side instead of looking for ways to make the uh, horseback riding for, you know, work for you. And, um, and I'm curious if you still do, although you're not doing it professionally, if you still do a lot of horseback riding for fun. Uh, I don't regret at all, actually. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. You know, I was thinking a lot about it, about my, uh, equestrian life because before, like some years ago, I really believed I want to be a professional equestrian rider to participate in some competitions. And I participated uh, a little bit. Uh, but then I realized that, um, it's not something that I want to do constantly for my, as my job, because it's very stressful. You need to compete like the competitions. You need to go to other cities and countries, and it takes a lot of time. It takes a lot of money, really a lot of money. (laughs) So, uh, yeah. And it's a huge stress. So, uh, yeah, that's why I decided that I want to stay with it as a hobby. That makes a lot of sense. And yeah, I know, I mean, when I did it in Colombia, it wasn't, I guess, as expensive, but I do know people like in the U.S. And I don't know where you're at, but I'm guessing it's similar. Like people that do horseback riding here, it is like super expensive, uh, even just to be able to to, to get time with horses and for classes and things like that. So, yeah, I, I can imagine. But so I'm glad to hear that you have you know no regrets <laughs> that this definitely was a, a better choice and, and that it's it's less stressful for you, which is that's great. Um, so, no, that, that's awesome. That's really cool to hear. All right. Yeah, so- you know. I, I would say that I would say that it's also pretty stressful <laughs> to me <laughs> sometimes, of course, because uh, you know, like uh, even if you really love the job, there is some part of it that you don't like in every job. So uh, yes, so some things here is also stressful for me, but not that stressful probably as being a horse rider. Yeah, I think that's a really good point because, you know, there, there's never going to be anything. I mean, even if you really love something, like there's always going to be an aspect of it, right? Like, and I usually found maybe it's like if you can find something like in the 80 20, or like maybe 80% of it is like you really enjoy, you love, and then there's like 20% of stuff that you kind of just deal with, you know, because it comes with the, you know, it comes with the package, right? I think it's, yeah, that, that, then you've got it kind of made. But, but you're right. I think no matter like what you're doing, um, there's always going to be some aspects of it that may not be, you know, things that, that you really enjoy or love, right? So, but so hopefully, although there is some, you know, stressful aspects and other things with the, with the art side, it still is 
primarily something that you're enjoying and and and, uh, and getting a lot out of. Cool. So um, I wanted to so I wanted to kind of switch to uh, talking a little bit about some of your artwork. Um, and I was actually trying to find uh, a, a tweet that I was going to pin up here, but um, so there, there was one. Uh, so I know you've released already a few. Um, different collections, and there was one in particular that I was really uh, fond of that you called um, the Little Travelers Collection, right? So there's these like, you know, it has a lot of these like kind of creatures in it, and and these really nice like lighting effects that are just you know very beautiful. And the pieces, you know, you associate you have like these open questions associated with each of your art pieces, and most of them have like a theme around you know whether or not certain travelers you know, we'll have the strength to go on, to, to start, you know, be able to overcome, you know, potential dangers, you know, so a lot, a lot about kind of like, you know, being able to persist through difficulties and and, uh, and move on. And I was kind of curious if you could share a little bit more about like what inspired you to create the collection. And if you were going through any similar, you know, questions and challenges in your own life at the time that you created some of those pieces. And I'll look, to see if I could find the, oh, thank you, somebody. I don't know if it was Jenny or you that posted it up, but yes, thank you. I posted it up, yep. Right. Yeah, so uh, it was my first collection for foundation. And uh, I know it's pretty easy to inspire me on something because I take inspiration from different things. It can be music, it can be TV shows, it can be just other arts. And uh, for this one, uh, it was probably a desire to travel myself. Because like I've never been abroad yet, but I hope to to visit some countries in the next year, and uh, yeah, that was my desire to travel. And also, like I'm myself not tall, so that's why uh, I decided to draw some little travelers, some little human uh, there with very big animals to show, you know. Um, it looks pretty magical with the characters, but uh, at the same time, the questions that I ask there, uh, they are pretty realistic. And uh, I asked the question there because um, I realized that with my arts, I want to make people think. I uh, learned psychology, uh, learned psychology in university, and also I'm interested in it myself. So. Uh, the most interesting part about it is learning about yourself because it's the most difficult part and uh, not all people think about themselves. So I decided to ask the questions to make people think about themselves and probably about people around. Very cool. No, I, lo I love that. Uh, and it's kind of funny. Yeah, so you thought <laughs> as a reflection, the the small characters or travelers were because of a reflection of you being smaller and wanting to have these kind of big mystical creatures. And uh, <laughs> I thought that was kind of funny. And um, the making people think, I don't know, did you ever get any feedback from people or especially people that collected the piece about what it made them think um, or, or learn about themselves when they uh, you know purchased or, or looked at some of your artwork? Uh, I got a feedback that, uh, one, like from one of my collectors that it looks like, uh, you know, a shot from a cartoon and that it's like the magical, but I actually didn't ask, uh, them if they made it, if, if it made it, them think about it. <laughs> I, I think I need to ask. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
No, it's all good. Thanks, Nora. Uh, Jenny, we can go to your question. Yeah, and I just, before I go to mine, I just wanted to say that when I was looking at your um, little traveler's collection, the way that I felt it was like sometimes you start on a journey, like you're about to travel on something, and it's just such like a big daunting kind of like mystery, like what awaits, what's going to happen? And to me, like that's what those big um, creatures kind of symbolize, like this like big adventure that you're about to embark on. Um, but it was still so sweet at the same time and maintained so much innocence. It just was very beautiful. Um, so my question, um, and I'm going to pin this collection up to the top, um, was on, uh, the other collection on foundation self-reflection, which combines psychology to powerful imagery in your art to convey emotions. And I was hopeful if you could share what your process was like for creating this collection. It actually has a funny story because uh, the collection and the first art there, it's actually my first very emotional art with pretty like negative meaning. I never drew something like this before. And the inspiration for the first art in the collection was my anger because, uh, <laughs> you know, it was like, uh, I'm not sure if you saw it, but I guess you you saw it there are some group of girls that um you know promote their art with their own bodies and they flirt with collectors they do some like you know like only fans thing but uh, they pretend to be artists and yes and uh seeing this i felt the anger i was very angry uh because i know i felt like it's just, I don't know, unfair and what they are doing there. And uh, that's why I decided to express my anger with uh, the first art from the collection. And uh, I decided to name it like self-reflection. It's probably, you know, uh, other arts there is also inspired by some situations in my personal life that's happening uh, now or that happened before. So uh, it's like some of the questions for myself and for other people too, because um, at the same time, we are pretty different from each other and uh, we are very similar about our emotions and uh, situations that happen with us. Absolutely. You know, like I feel like all of us um, have had moments where, you know, we question why somebody just isn't doing something in an authentic way or, you know, like it doesn't have to be that specific situation that you face, but because you brought your emotion to it, you created something that, you know, like if I look at that, I think of a situation where somebody was um, not their most authentic self and how that made me feel. So um, that's really cool that you were able to turn that instance into a piece of art that then could resonate with somebody else um, in a different way. And I love um, the balance of the line work, like the way that the hat symbolizes kind of like the lines of the stingray. Very, very cool. Like all the details were so on point on that collection. Oh, thank you a lot. Yeah, I will. I think that I will keep creating arts for the collection. I'm not sure what it will end, but yeah, I just want to keep sharing my thoughts with uh, other people. And, you know, also, like, as I already said, to make them think 
about themselves first and about other people because you know i uh learning the psychology i realized that um, the more you learn about other people the more you can understand about yourself and uh, vice versa yeah 100% for sure and i also pinned up um so i know i know jenny pinned up one of the your your most recent drop on there i also pinned up another tweet that had some of the other pieces that were a uh, part of that collection um, and so another question I had for you, Nora, was, um, so earlier you mentioned that um, you started with vector art because you didn't have like a tablet and it was something you can do on the on the computer. And then you took some courses and, and there was a thread where you also mentioned that you kind of like, you know, fell in love with this particular um, type of artwork, you know. And so I was kind of curious if you could share a little bit more about like, what do you love about doing vector art? And why do you prefer it maybe over other forms of, uh, of digital art? And, uh, you know, just wh why did you decide to kind of stay with it? And, and what about it do you love so much? Uh, yeah, like I've started, as you already said, just because I didn't have a tablet. And then uh, I also noticed that other artists uh, have problems with layers and also they have problems with size. So like if they start to draw in a particular size, they um, can't change it to make it bigger without losing the quality. And that's what I really love about vector art is that you can change its size, like no matter how you can make it really big or really small and uh, it will not lose its quality. And uh, the other thing that I like is that uh, I don't have problems with layers because uh, like every... Um, you know, like every line, every object there has like its own layer. And uh, also I love the clean lines because I also saw that other artists struggle with line, uh, the, the line part of the art. Uh, so yes, with Vector, it's pretty easy to create such clear lines because you need to control and you control every line there. And uh it's actually why it can make the process longer because uh, you need to think where you create the lines and how to move them. No, oh, that was a great answer. Um, that's so cool. And it's funny, um, my wife actually does graphic design. So she's also a big fan of uh, vector art. You know, it always tells me like, you should just do vector because then you can, if you want to make this into something else, you can resize, you know, size it, you know, increase the size better and all this stuff, you know, and I'm like, I don't know, but I'm already so used to not doing that. So, uh, but that's cool. That's a really good point. You know, that like, yeah, and, and it does make things like very clean and, and it is kind of cool that, yeah, like each, each like line and thing is its own object. So um, well, a lot of good reasons uh, for for wanting to kind of go with the uh, the vector art instead of other other forms. Yeah, and um, to that uh, with vector and um, that style of art, what opportunities outside of Web three are there for vector and graphic artists? Um, and maybe can you share some advice to our audience? Uh, as far as I know, usually uh, Vector is used for logo design and uh, also for some packages or some websites. So, uh, yeah, it's like outside of the NFT world, uh, people can like, you know, um, the design part and the illustration part, it's kind of 
different. So graphic designers usually work more with uh, how to play the text, how to place all the objects on like packages, for example. And uh, if you can draw only, so you don't, if you don't want to care about the text and so on, it's better to draw the illustrations for like also packages or uh, websites. Like you don't have to have the graphic designer skills. So you can just illustrate something. Or also uh, I know that uh, some vector graphics can be used for books illustrations too. So something like this and uh, to, to start doing it, I think it's also important to uh, share your arts on other platforms like uh, Behance or Dribble or ArtStation, something like this. So it's more like uh, professional platforms where you can share your arts and uh, other artists and other people like art directors, for, for example, can find you there and uh, also to improve and uh, to start doing social medias like instagram or twitter uh, to be known among other people thank you that's really awesome advice yeah that's great and actually I, I wanted to write those down or kind of repeat that so you said it's really good to show your art on behance what was the other one dribble did i get that right <laughs> Yes, yes. I actually, like, uh, one of my clients found me there on Dribble. yes. Mm, okay, cool. So that's a good way, like, if you do know that art, art, like, how to do vector stuff, you can share it there and actually attract more of, like, a professional audience that might be looking for someone to do logo design or packages or websites or things like that, where they would be looking for, like, a, a vector artist. Yes, yes. The platforms is really good for, yes, the professional sphere. Cool. Oh, that's good. And actually, that just got me thinking about because we got some some uh, alpha a while back about also, you know, putting your stuff on, um, actually, Wildy mentioned, like, putting stuff on LinkedIn as well, you know, so, because uh, that's, you know, a place where a lot of professionals are looking for artists. And at that time, you know, she was just mentioning, like, yeah, put in, like, if you're, you know, an NFT artist, you know, put that in there because someone might be looking for that if they're looking to get into the space. But I, I'm guessing probably similarly, you know, if you, if you do like vector art and things like that, you know, that probably be an also a good place to go and and put your credentials out there, you know, so you can attract some more, um, you know, kind of corporate clients as well. Yeah, yeah, I forgot to mention it. Yes, LinkedIn is also good, and I, I'm, th I think if I should uh, update my information there and add, and add that I do some NFT too. I wonder if I should do this. <laughs> you should, you should do it. Yeah, for sure. I think definitely because I mean it, it doesn't hurt, right, to like diversify your 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 revenue streams, right? Um, I mean, you could be doing great you know, selling like your one of one art or, you know, editions or whatever on the crypto Twitter side. Right. But, you know, it, times are still tough, right. To, to be getting, you know, like sales and, and income there. So if you can like diversify and, and also get some corporate clients, I mean, that could only help as well. Right. So <laughs> I, I think, I think you should, I mean, if you're not doing, it, I think you should definitely go for it as well. Yeah, you know, I just was wondering and um, wasn't sure about it because as far as I know, not all people have a positive vision of NFT. So that's why I, I was doubting if I should do this. I think um, it's just another skill set and it will read exactly that way. Like if she needs to, she can 
work with art on the blockchain. I, I think that that would be, if anything, a plus because you have that knowledge set. Um, and it's it's really interesting that we talked about this because I was just remembering a space a while back ago that I had heard the legend Sibet mentioned that he is still like if he were tapped on the shoulder to do work for like graphic work, he would still mm-hmm. absolutely do that. Like he yeah. would never box himself into just being an NFT artist. Yeah. I mean, if Sibet is willing to do that, you know, I think, <laughs> you know, it's like pretty successful in, in this space. I mean, I think it's, it's definitely something that everyone should embrace. And actually, so to, to your point, Nora, too, like, the way I see it also, and this is because I, I also kind of still work on the corporate side, right? So I have like a, you know, my, I still have my Web 2 job <laughs> um, in addition to doing some of these things in Web 3. I think if anything, like people are usually um, just trying to find others, right? Um, so I feel like, and it's hard to find sometimes what you're looking for, right? But so if you think about it from the perspective of like a corporate person that's looking for someone to do something, they're going to be going in and just looking and typing in and doing searches for a specific like skill set, right? So if if when they do that search, you know, they're looking for vector artist, illustrator, or maybe that company is looking to do something in NFTs or crypto, they're going to be searching for those keywords and trying to find people that have experience doing that, right? So if anything, whatever you can do to kind of show up in those searches, I think the better. I don't necessarily think somebody's going to like, you know, if they find somebody that has this experience, they're not going to be, or like they're looking maybe for like someone to do like logo design. If that person has logo design and experience doing that, and they also have you know, NFT artists, they're not going to be like, oh, I'm not going to take this person because they also do it. And they'll probably just be like, oh, wow, this person does a lot of stuff, you know, and they have a lot of different skill sets. So, so I like what Jenny was mentioning. I think it's really just additional skill sets. And I think whatever you can do to, um, to appear in more different types of searches, you know, for whatever somebody might be looking for, right, specifically, I think the better, right? And it increases your, your odds of, uh, of just being discovered and found and potentially opening you up to other other opportunities. So, so I would suggest it. Yeah, I think I think I think you should go for it um, and not worry too much about you know could could just having this other association hurt me you know in some way. I think if anything, it'll it'll just help. Yeah, thank you. Now I think I will update it because uh, yeah, <laughs> you're all right. I agree with you. Always here, offering ways to to help you know as well. So, um, all right, cool. I wanted to switch gears to another another kind of area or topic, um, and I was going to pin up one of these on the on the top, right? So, um, this is another thing I found kind of very fascinating, right? So, you've actually written um, a few threads that have gotten some like crazy good engagement, Um, and a few of them have all been kind of around this idea of like exposing you know certain issues and problems in the web3 space and particularly as it relates to like the kind of art side of things um so you know i was i was really amazed to see like you know you, this, this one in particular that i just pinned up you know you had like over 500 likes seventy-seven thousand views i mean usually this and from like a crypto twitter perspective these are like really big you know numbers you know even compared to people with like hundreds of thousands of followers so i was like wow this is uh it's really impressive but um so I was like, wow, this is really interesting. And there was one, in, so this one in particular that I pinned up, um, you had mentioned that, you know, that you um, had experienced or learned about the fact that there were some experienced like artists that were teaching newcomers to like sell themselves basically, like, which I, I found kind of you know shocking that there was like, you know, people telling this, the new people 
um, entering the space. And, um, you know, it was very sad to kind of find out about it, but it was good that you kind of brought awareness to this thing that you, that you found out about it. So first of all, I wanted to thank you, you know, for, um, for, you know, just kind of bringing light to this particular issue and awareness, you know, cause I feel like sometimes people may be, um, maybe afraid or not have the courage maybe sometimes to expose, you know, these type of problems. But, uh, but obviously this was a concerning thing because if this is, you know, when somebody's like coming into the space as a new person and they're being told by somebody that's, you know, supposedly more experienced and knows how things are. And then they're, they're hearing them say like, well, you have to do, you know, you have to be willing to, you know, um, you know, kind of like, you know, sell yourself somewhat like sexually or whatever in order to get ahead. And that's the norm you know, we don't want that in this space, right? So I do appreciate very much that you, um, you know, you wrote about this topic and we're exposing some of that. And and I was kind of curious about two things related to this, right? And I was curious about like, how many people or artists did you hear had this particular type of experience? Like how how um, widespread was this in terms of like the, the, the people you've connected with? And do you have any uh, maybe suggestions or ideas, you know, what we can do as, fellow artists, fellow collectors in this space, you know, to maybe help put an end to some of these practices, you know, because we, this is really like, you know, tarnishing this, this space, which I've personally found for the most part to be very, in a lot of ways, very good, very positive, very uplifting, very mutually supportive. Um, and, and we don't really want that to, you know, some of these things like these are these practices to tarnish the space. So maybe if you could tell us a little bit more about like how many people, did you hear we're, we're, we're kind of going through these bad experiences and, and any ideas of like what we can do to, to, to put an end to it? Uh, about the particular problem, I talked personally with two new artists that uh, joined the space and uh, uh, one of the artists didn't have a desire to keep going here uh for the reason for the words she heard there but uh she decided to keep going and uh, she was able to find some good artists and uh, good people without the stuff <laughs> without that kind of promotion and uh, yeah to realize that the space is not about it at all and uh I've heard about it from other artists in some group chats. So that's why I decided to share the problem with other people because, you know, uh, like uh, I was a bit afraid to share the topic because, uh, you know, the space have has also like toxic positivity. And when you start uh, sharing some truth or some things that people don't like to hear and to know they start hating you and uh, before i shared some uh, things about uh, copyright uh, infringement and uh, i got some hate for this because people told me that i'm just jealous it's not my business and so on so about this problem i also felt that I can get some hate because uh, if you read the thread, I said some um, bold words, they're calling it like prostitution. And uh, yeah, I uh, was ready when I posted it, I was ready to, to get to receive some hate for this. But 
I didn't find any negative message, any negative comments because, uh, and a lot of people shared their own problems there, like how they uh, see this, that they also don't like it. And I was surprised by the amount of people sharing their stories about it. So uh, it seems like people really care about this and they also got tired of the way of promotion. Yeah, no, and I, I commend you, Nora, because I know, um, I think you made a really important point, right? That there is sometimes um, a sense of like toxic positivity, right? And that sometimes, and I, I've seen this in different communities as well, in this space that like if somebody maybe brings up criticism or things like that, it can be viewed as, oh, you're spreading FUD and they'll get a lot of, you know, hate or, 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 um, you know, or almost be like ostracized from the group and, and things like that. Right. And I, and I, and I think there's a difference between, you know, what actually like being like hateful or derogatory or, you know, rude, you know, that that's one thing. Right. And I think that's something that we shouldn't tolerate. Right. People should, we should you know, make this space a respectful place and a place where people, um, you know, in that sense, like we should, we should have be respectful and, and polite and kind, right. With everyone. But I think that it is important that people, um, do feel comfortable and are able to, to, um, to, to, you know, to provide, you know, criticism, right. Or, or highlight where there are problems and things where we need to change and, and, and make improvements. Right. I think that's, that's healthy. And it's important for us to understand like where we're falling short and where do we need to be better? Um, so I, I do appreciate that you, that you shared this, right. And, and, uh, because I know it could probably be hard because of the, the backlash and you mentioned, you know, you got some hate and also because you're depending on, you know, collectors and other people that, um, to, to also buy your art, right. To, to, to be able to make a living. So I think that, that, that was, took a lot of courage from your part to share it. And I think it is, um, very important to, um, I think that, you know, first step to like helping to improve it is to bring awareness that this is happening, um, you know, to, in the space, you know, so I really appreciate that you, that you did that. Um, and, um, you know, I, I was wondering if you've noticed any, you know, particular, you know, changes or, or maybe any, any feedback from like some of the people that, talked about this, you know, in those group chats, like, are they still seeing a lot of this happening or, or has some of this maybe, maybe changed, you know, um, was kind of curious about how, uh, how things were going from in this particular topic, or, or is this still something that's still, you know, still happening, you know, and there's more that needs to be done. It's actually still happening and I'm not sure if we can change it because I would say that it's like a particular group of people. And you also ask like how we can change it, how we can make it better. Uh, probably just not to appreciate it, not to maybe buy when you see that people promote their art this way. Because, you know, sometimes mm -hmm. like uh, I don't mean like professional nude artists because like it's usually different vibe. It's not mm -hmm. in a sexual way. It's like more artistic way. But uh, and, you know, some artists also like draw sexy arts and maybe their way of promotion can, you know, connect with their vibe. That's why they promote it this way. But sometimes you know, you can see some arts that just not sexual, just arts, uh, I don't know, maybe nature or something. And then you can see like half naked woman's body that just, you know, you don't see the art <laughs> behind the body because, uh, yeah, and that's how they promote it. Uh, just not to, not to support it probably. But I don't think like, um, 
the, there are still collectors who support it, who likes it. And uh, I would say that it's also like a particular type of collectors. So uh, I'm not sure that we can change it like fully. Yeah, no, I feel you. Yeah. And I think, I think maybe, you know, part of it is just, again, raising awareness, hopefully, you know, helping to spread better, you know, messaging and inputs to, to people, new people coming into the space, right? So they hear that, you know, this is not how, how the system really needs to work. Um, but then the other part of it is, yeah, I mean, there's always going to be bad actors in every, in every, uh, in every place, right? So that, you know, there's no way to, to prevent that. But hopefully, um, more of us, you know, kind of spreading, um, you know, the, the, the good side of this, right, is, uh, you know, can, can, can still in some ways make a difference, right? So, um, but again, yeah, so I appreciate you um, definitely, you know, bringing light to this, this particular topic and, and at least doing your part to help. Oh, go ahead, Nora. I see you're raising your hand. Yeah, you also mentioned that artists like depend on collectors and it's another, uh, I would say, like dangerous part of writing such threads because I write not about this only because, uh, yeah, like um, collectors can affect on artists' life a lot. And uh, that's why also a lot of artists prefer to stay silent about some problems or, you know, I also like notice, notice this a lot that, that uh, I would, I will say it some, <laughs> in some rude way, but uh, a lot of artists just like asses of collectors always agree with them uh, no matter what they say, mm, you know, in hope to get noticed and in hope to uh, have some sales from them too. And uh, it's also a big problem. Like the artists themselves make collectors like kings, but then they suffer from it themselves. And uh, yeah, that's why uh, a lot of artists also prefer to stay silent because they are afraid they are afraid to get rejected by the collectors and yeah. it's actually very sad that this it, it happens and uh, i was the same actually before um but i noticed how other artists shared their thoughts that are different from collectors opinion or some artists also you know uh were Mm, very bold and a bit even rude but that mm, helped me to uh to become more confident about my own voice because i saw that oh like artists also share their own opinions they are not afraid that maybe i'm i also shouldn't be afraid of this so yeah i took the inspiration from other artists yeah i think that it's a slippery slope once you start um, empowering any type of relationship that has that kind of dynamic where one person is toxic and because you're concerned about losing that connection, you sort of put up with that. I think that's just a dynamic that shouldn't be permitted across the board, whether it's artist collector or just anything uh, employee boss or any kind of personal um, situation to be honest. So I think that's really important um, because you set the tone. And I, I really do believe that any collector that really truly um, is there to support you would never put you in a position where you feel like you have to compromise yourself as an artist. Um, and then, you know, so I applaud you for doing that. And there's always room for growth. 
there has to be room for growth. Um, and that can only happen by being critical of things that aren't right. Like it can't just be sunshine and roses all the time. That's just not realistic. Um, and yeah, as I agree with so much with what you're doing. And one of the threads that you wrote that uh, I found really interesting was one about how a collector can influence and even work with an artist to manipulate the outcome of sales. Um, I pinned it up to the top. It's a little bit nuanced, especially if it was somebody who's brand new to the space. And I was hoping maybe you could introduce it or explain it in a way that like someone brand new into Web3 might be able to read that particular tweet and maybe understand it? Uh, so there is a scam between artist and the collector, and uh, it's not the first time when it happens, and I'm sure it's not the last time when it happens. So uh, usually to make uh, the artist, you know, to add the artist some growth, some hype, uh, collectors can... Uh, place a very high bid on an art. Uh, and then after the sale, an artist usually send back uh, part of the money. So like technically the collector didn't pay a lot, but in the history of the art, we will we can see the, the big amount of money. So, uh, and it can make a whole career here because uh, people are very driven by hype. Uh, so that's why it, it can promote the artist. But uh, the problem about it for the people is that uh, the blockchain is pretty transparent and uh, we can see all of this. <laughs> so, uh, of course, some people, uh, there's also another problem um, about it. Uh, it's when like artists, already existing artists, uh, may have problems with sales, for example, and you know they create brand new accounts, uh, pretending like another person and uh, selling some trending art styles. Also happens very often here, and the problem here is that they just lie that it's another person. I don't know why they lie. They can share that it's them. But yeah, back to the topic and the influence of collectors and artists. Uh, the funny thing about this is that I posted the thread to warn people because it was not about the beat thing, but it was about the thing that the collector stole some personal pictures of personal photos of other artists in the space and uh, some arts and minted it himself. So like it's kind of illegal, <laughs> it's not okay for sure. And uh, I wanted to warn people about the person, but the like it's both sad and funny that, uh, you know, I saw that people commented under my thread that, oh, like it's not okay, the guy is very suspicious and so on. And like an hour later, I see the same people under his tweets trying to shield their arts. That's what just like, like blow my mind because I was like, I, I tried to warn you not just to, just to avoid the person but they see that the collector buy arts and uh, they just go to him and share the arts and hope so he can buy it. 
That's wild. You know, that just goes to show you that sometimes even if you bring attention to something, people are just, you know, they're going to do what they're going to do. And at least you tried, you know, that's really all that you can do. I, I, I've read another one that you uh, posted, which I just pinned to the top, Real Artist. Um, and I found that one a super like good read, very informative. Um, in particular, I thought that the uh, using the image search on browsers was a really good tool for spotting fakes. thought that was great advice. So thank you for that. Um, and then I was wondering, as AI becomes more and more advanced, do you believe that collectors should just straight up ask artists directly whether they use AI or not? Uh, to be honest, I think that artists should share themselves about their uh, tools that they use. And, uh, you know, uh, like before people was were afraid that AI art is not very cool and that's why they faked it, you know, to give it more value. They pretended that it's hand-drawn art. But for now, as I can see, more and more people really like AI arts and... Uh, I don't think that it's bad to say that you use AI for your like for your creations and um, I believe that artists shouldn't hide it. There are tools if I'm not mistaken there are tools that can uh, with the help uh you can check if the art is AI or not but it's also you know not perfect but usually you can see it yourself if you look closer to the details. You can see that it's AI. So uh, I don't think that it's bad to ask from collector's side if it's AI or not. And I don't think that it's bad to share from an artist's side that it's AI. I know some great uh, AI artists like from both sides who create some great role. AI arts and also who manipulate with a lot of AI uh, arts to create something one and very great. Yeah, I agree. I think if you're if you if you're proud of what you do, there's really no reason to not stand by it and proudly announce what it is. And if anybody were to ask you a question, um, you should feel good about you know identifying what medium it was that you used to create it. There, were, there was a case actually when a new artist came to the space and uh, lied to a collector that is a hand-drawn art and uh, the collector bought the arts for about like one ETH and uh, also, you know, tried to, to promote the artist, but then uh, people and the collector realized it's AI. So uh, yeah, and the artist disappeared. So that's how it's actually usually happens. So that's why I also believe people should be transparent about it because it it just gives you more trust. Yeah, wow. <laughs> that's that's a crazy story. But um but yeah, no, and I, I agree with a lot of what you what you guys are saying. You know, I think um I think, you know, I think there's a place in, in here for for all types of art, right? And I think, you know, as long as people are forthright about what it is that they're creating and how they created it, then I think, you know, that's, that's perfectly fine. I mean, some people just want to buy art that they feel connected to and they, and they love and they don't care whether, whether it was created with AI or was a, you know, AI, you know, slash person collaboration. You know, I've seen amazing art created 
that way or or even just through pure AI. You know, I think AI, what's what's cool about it is it's giving people with a lot of, you know, creativity and ideas a way or a tool to be able to express themselves in a way that maybe they weren't able to do otherwise, you know? So I think it's, you know, it's really cool that those tools are available now. And I think as long as people are really, you know, forth, forthcoming about, you know, how, how they've created the artwork, you know, then, and then there's a place for that in, in the space as well. Right. And, and, uh, but, but I do like, you know, how, um, that you had a lot of good practical tips, you know, and even things, for example, like, um, you know, asking to check for like work in process and things like, you know, videos and, and, and things like that. It'd be, you know, although not foolproof, at least good ways to, you know, confirm, right? If, if this is truly, um, you know, if a person is saying it really is like, you know, hand drawn, if it is indeed that that way or, or they're, you know, trying to fool the, the, the collectors and things like that. So I thought this was a, you know, I agree with Jennifer. It was a, such a great uh, thread with real, um, you know, concrete ways of, of, um, of discovering that. So that was, that was really cool. About actually like video processes, you know, that, uh, some people can fake it too. You can, uh, there are some options and tablets and in some apps that can hide, uh, a photo, for example. So like, uh, technically the artist just trace the photo. But on the video, you will not see it. So, uh, some, and some people can fake, uh, the process videos by just, you know, for example, um, uh, creating the AI art, but then, you know, just reducing some details step by step and then, uh, v- recreating and, uh, uploading the video in a reverse version. Wow. <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah, that's why the process videos is also like not a guarantee right now. So that's why, you know, I believe that uh, for collectors, it's important to be friends with some good artists in the space because uh, artists usually can easily check, can see if it's fake or not. Same with traced art or stolen art from Pinterest, for example, because yes, artists use it a lot for inspiration. And sometimes you just see the art that you saw already. Yeah, agreed. No, that, that's some really good tips and advice for sure. Uh, so I know we got Richie up here on stage. I know Richie, you had also posted a, a question in the comments, but I figured I'd invite you up here, hear how you're doing, and then maybe you can uh, you can ask your question directly. Hey, everybody, and very nice to meet you, Nora. Thank you guys for having me up. Uh, amazing, everything you've been talking about is, is so on point. Um, I'm an AI artist, and I can't disagree with a single thing you said so far. So. Thank you for bringing things to light. Um, everything you, all the threads, I mean, I've been so surprised now. Like, all those threads have been so important. It's a beautiful thing to share. Um, but my question, just uh, real quick, so I don't take much, so much time from you, was um, I'm kind of curious on, like, how um, not being a first, like, English not being your first language, like, how has that impacted your career in Web3? Um, kind of, like, uh, have you gotten a lot of support? Have you gotten... Um, have you felt like there's like a like a barrier there that you need to kind of push through, or is it more like you're just kind of free going? Um, and also, is there any tips for like people that are like starting out, maybe where you did um back when you started, that you could give them to kind of make the process easier? Um, people that maybe don't speak the language very well and have to go to the spaces and just things like that. I appreciate you, and um, thank you, Jenny and, and Carlos. Love the space. I'll go back down now. <laughs> 
Hi, and uh, thank you for the question uh, about uh, the starting in the space. I think when you start, it's important to understand what's your goal here, because uh, like what I noticed from artists, there are also like groups of artists, you know, and some artists here just for money, like it's their main goal and they don't care what they sell. They can sell their art, then if the sales are not that good, they can start selling their photos, AI, and so on. Just like, you know, very different things that doesn't match, that don't match with each other. And uh, some people just try to sell at least something. And uh, it's okay if uh, the goal is to make money, is if it's the main goal. But uh, if your main goal is to express yourself as an artist, then uh, it's better to think about it for long term and uh, to start building your brand to understand, uh, to learn what you like and what you want to share with other people and uh, to analyze yourself how, for example, like um, how much time you have for this, uh, what you want to draw and uh, how you can promote it. Because, and to analyze it, you need to, um, you know, to notice, to watch some other artists with, uh, for example, similar art, how they promote it, how they share it. Uh, what they do it's really important to analyze a lot in the space and uh, you know not just copy what they do but to analyze how it works for them and how it can work for you because sometimes uh, some things can work for one but will not work for another person so and also i think it's important to not be afraid to experiment also, I'm afraid. <laughs> I'm afraid uh, experiment myself because you know I'm afraid to make mistakes. It's my my personal problem. Uh, but here, um, I think it's the space when you can try really different things and you can make every art and every style desirable. That's probably the best part about the space because um, most of the collectors here are from crypto world and uh, let's be honest they don't most of them they don't know a lot about art so uh that's why i think it's possible to make every art desirable just by keep going and sharing and uh, you know like sharing with other people your vision because also in some cases um collectors can support you not because for your art but because who you are like as friends or as an artist but like just because they like you as a person i love that and i think uh to the point of like the language thing i think that exactly goes in line with that you know like i feel like a collector will not care about that what they're going to be caring about is that connection they don't care about, you know, the level of English that you can articulate in a space or in a post, you know, that's kind of like a secondary or even a tertiary like factor in the mix. Oh, yes. I also noticed and I know some uh, pretty popular artists that uh, struggle with English 
because they're not uh, native English speakers and they are doing pretty well. You can use online translators. And uh, I know that even in some spaces, when you go there, they can uh, ask someone from listeners to translate you if, uh, they, if you know their language. So people are pretty open about it here and they don't judge others usually about the language side. Yeah, I agree with that too. I agree with uh, what you guys are saying. And and personally, I've actually, you know, actually become friends with a lot of people that, you know, have very, very little, you know, you know, very little like language, you know, English speaking skills, for example. And, and to your point, Nora, I've actually seen them be very successful. Like they create beautiful art. Um, you know, they're still engaged, you know, with like GMs and, and posts and maybe, you know, cause there they could also leverage, you know, translation tools and things like that. And, and I've seen them do, you know, extraordinarily well, even without being able to like go on a space and talk, you know, but really just through, uh, engagement and, you know, connecting through, through posts and, and then just sharing their work, right. Or sharing their process. You know, I think that like, I think that's kind of a, a cool thing about the space, right. And, and when we look at art, is that in many ways, like art is can be kind of a universal language, right? Like somebody can create a piece of art, even just taking Nora's art as an example, right? You can look at those pieces she's created, like the artwork and her self-reflection collection. You don't need to know English or Russian or whatever. You can look at that and on a, on a human level, get a sense of like, what is the emotion or what are the things that are being conveyed with that piece of artwork? And it could have a it can resonate with you on like a deeper level, you know, even if there is a language barrier, you know, and both people don't even speak the same language. So I think that's a, it's a beautiful thing about art, right? And because and, in that way, it can connect us all on a, on a different level, even if there is a, a language barrier. And, um, and I have found too, that this space is very open and welcoming to people from, um, you know, from different places. As a matter of fact, even on this, on these uh, weekly spaces, I've had, I had a few artists that, we needed to have a translator <laughs> to be able to to understand, and and uh, and it worked out. You know, I mean, it was a little bit of a a challenge, a bit, but uh, but yeah, it was, it was just really cool because um, what's awesome about that as well is that we get to be exposed to other cultures and other ways of thinking, right? When we connect with people that maybe aren't even in our own geography or don't even speak our own language, right? It's it, it exposes us to different cultures, different ways of thinking. And I think it's a a beautiful thing about this space. It is so international in so many ways. Um, and I've met people here that I would have never, you know, ever probably connected with or engaged with otherwise, you know, and it's because it's all bringing us together uh, for that purpose. So, so cool. Thank you for the question, Richie. That's such a, such a great question. Hopefully you got to listen to all the answer. <laughs> so um, I was waiting to see if it was like a thumbs up or something, but no, thank you so much for, uh, for coming up. Um, one other question I did have for you, Nora, as well, was I was curious, um, which artists in the Web3 space um, do you admire most? Are there some, some, some artists in particular that you look up to and, and why? Oh, it's a very difficult question. <laughs> because, <laughs> because I really, you know, I, I really like different artists here and they create very different arts. Some of them create some abstract, nice arts. Some of them create like anime arts. Some of them... Uh, create dynamic pieces. Some of them create animations, pixel art. <sighs> I really, like, I can't say that I have, like, one my favorite artist because I really met a lot of great artists in the space. Uh, 
some of them were professional artists before the NFT space. Some just started to create here. And uh, I really admire them all. <laughs> I can't choose only one. All right, let me make a more narrow question to make it a little bit easier for you. Because I know how hard it can be to pick a favorite when you like so many. But all right, give me like a couple of vector artists that you really admire and appreciate in the space. <laughs> okay, that's easier. So uh, one of my favorite vector artists is Tormius. Uh, he created like some abstract arts working with shapes, uh, composition and colors. Really nice. Another vector artist that I discovered is uh, Tommy, and uh, he creates some architecture art with uh, floating houses. Uh, another another vector artist that I know is uh, Ilya Shapko. Uh, he creates for now. He creates different arts, not only vector, but I know him as a nice vector artist with very detailed detailed arts. So this is probably like one of my favorites. Awesome. Thanks for sharing that. And I may have to, I didn't quite get all the names. So I may have to reach out afterwards to maybe you can um, share a couple of those uh, for maybe a DM so I can share it with folks as well. I actually had a thread with the vector artist. So I'm not oh, sure okay. if I will find it right now. Yeah. But I okay. think I can find it. And Cool. Yeah. Maybe I can add it afterwards. Um, onto the space so people can check it out. Awesome, all right, so I appreciate that. And then um, another question I was gonna ask you is, so outside of art and horseback riding, what other things are you passionate about? I really love listening to music. I listen it like every day for the whole day. And I uh, also like to watch some TV shows uh, that's related to improvisation. And uh, I also like video games, but <laughs> the funny thing about it is that my laptop uh, is not good enough for playing video games. So I just watch the games on YouTube. That's awesome. And uh, music wise, like any, any particular genres that you really love more in particular or uh, artists? I think one of my favorite genres is pop. K-pop or just pop music, and uh, I also I actually like really different music. I like some instrumental music. I like some rock, uh, some pop things, and uh, like it depends on my mood. Yeah, I can relate to that because I have a very like wide range of music I like, and it just kind of depends on like how I'm feeling at that moment. And then it's like, okay, this is what I want to listen to right now. So totally can relate to that. All right. Uh, so another question I want to ask you, right? So you've been gaining um, some pretty good traction, you know, in the collector community lately with, you know, you're getting bids from like several buyers on some of the pieces you're dropping each week. Um, I was curious if you could share a little bit about, you know, what you think has contributed to some of the success you've had. And if you have any advice for other, you know, Web3 artists on, on things that they could do to, uh, to um, you know, get some better traction in the collector community. Uh, it's a good question <laughs> because, you know, I think it's not something that you get like for one week. Um, I've, I work on it for some months, as you can see. And, uh, I think it's important to show your, how you persistent here. 
that you keep drawing, that you keep drawing what you really like and not switching by different styles uh, in a short time, for example, or not switching to threads, trends. And uh, it's a good question because actually I'm not sure about all of it. Like my strongest part was communication, I guess, because it was from the beginning and uh, most of my sales that I had, it was after my communication with collectors. But I also had some sales without talking with the collectors at all. And the communication part, you know, it also doesn't work for everyone because I know artists that uh, don't talk a lot with collectors but still have sales. And I think it's just important maybe to find your own uh, strong side here and uh, try to improve it and make it work for you. I like that. You know, find your strong side and make it work for you. <laughs> yeah. And the part about communication, I think, is really important. Um, I think having uh, that ability to communicate, even if it's not verbal, um, does make a difference um, in building then that trust that then translates to sales for sure. Yeah. And, you know, I also think that it's important to keep the long term relationship because. Mm, I also see that some artists, like as I already said, just look for sales and they don't care about collectors who buy from them. And uh, in the future, it also, you know, can affect because uh, as far as I know, collectors can check your collectors too because they see it anyway. They see who bought from you and they also draw some conclusions about it. Yeah, no, agree. Um, and yeah, I think that point about long-term relationships is 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 really important too. Because um, when I look at it, also as a from like a collector's perspective, you know, like I, I, you know, one thing that I really enjoy about collecting art from people in this space, right, is to be able to um, you know kind of get to know the artists behind it and kind of see like how their artwork and things like evolve over time and it's really nice to like actually have like build kind of like rapport and a relationship with like the artist and see their, their evolution. And, and if it's someone that you're like regularly engaging with, you know, me personally, I feel like a stronger like inclination to want to support that artist versus somebody that, you know, is just maybe trying to show me art or something. And I know there's not like a genuine, you know, wanted or desire, right. To want to, um, um, What's it called? You know, like, you know, that, that, that they're more just trying to sell, not really in, interested in kind of like, uh, you know, having a true friendship or relationship with that person. So, um, but anyhow, so no, I think, I think that's really a really important point. And, um, and also, I think the fact that you mentioned, you know, that you're not even 100% sure either, right? I think is, you know, there's a lot of different types of collectors and people out there, right? So I think, it, you know, but maybe what resonates with some might not resonate with another, right? So, um, but I think that point you made before about, you know, kind of playing to, to your strong side and, and, and kind of what works for you is, is important, right? So um, I think that's, that's good advice. I see we got a speaker that just came up. Hello, Ivan. Hi, can you, can you hear me? Uh, yes, we can hear you. How are you doing? Very good, very good. How about yourself? Doing well. Thanks for coming up. Yeah. Do you have a question for Nora? Yeah, yeah I just wanted uh, to say, uh, for me personally, when I buy art, is it NFTs or physical art? Um, 
I always, you know, like to get to know the artist, uh, the story behind the art and and all that, connect on a more deeper level, then I buy. I mean, like you said, it depends on the collector, but uh, I like to see the story behind the art. Yeah, I also, I also wanted to say that um, the connection between artists and collectors, uh, you know, sometimes it's not about buying art because I connect with some collectors that never bought from me, but they still, you know, can help me with some advice or some support with sharing. That's it's also really important here. So um, I believe that artists, you know, don't have to uh, expect the the buying part from the collector because sometimes the communication itself and the, the friendship, the advices, their help and support can help the way better than just buying an art. Yeah, hundred percent. I think that's that's an important point too. That you know maybe sometimes even if somebody isn't buying from you, just the fact that they help, you know, support, promote your work, you know, could also, or even offer advice, you know, can, can go a long way. Right. And maybe also if somebody hasn't bought from you, you know, now also doesn't mean they may not buy from you later. Right. If you're still maintaining that, that relationship, um, could be that maybe they haven't, you know, connected with something you've created so far, but later down the line, or maybe they're just not in a position to be able to buy, you know? So I think people also forget maybe sometimes that people that are collecting aren't always like whales or, you know, somebody with like unlimited money, you know, and it's, and it's tough to be able to, to support like all the artists that you, that you, um, you know, you connect with, you know? So, but, but I think that that part about the relationship and, um, you know, and, and the mutual support, even if it may not be, you know, purchasing it is, is also very valuable and very important too. Cool. All right. So uh, thank you, Ivan, for, for coming up and, and asking, uh, you know, or making the comments uh, about the, the collecting side. I think that was important. Appreciate you uh, coming up to do that. Thank you. Thank you very much. Hope you have a great day. All right. So I do got to uh, wind down the space now. I uh, wanted again to, to thank you, Nora, so much for, you know, coming here today, for allowing us to get to know you a little bit better and, um, you know, for telling us a lot more about your story, your artwork, your collections. Um, I also want to thank you again for having the courage, you know, to, to write some of the, the threads that you've written, you know, exposing some of the issues um, in the space and also giving tools for people as well, right? And when it comes to, you know, things like, you know, spotting fakes and, and other stuff like that, I know it's not always easy to share those things because of uh, the backlash or the hate you may get from, from other folks in the community. But so I really appreciated you being here. I really enjoyed the conversation and also wanted to thank everybody else that was uh, here in the space listening. Uh, appreciate all you guys. Oh, I see Sabet is even in the room as well. Hey, Sabet, thank you for, for being here today. Uh, we had some, some pe several people in the, in the audience. So uh, it was a real pleasure, you know, uh, having you here, Nora. And, uh, and again, thank you to everybody that was uh, on the space. Yeah, and thank you for inviting me because, uh, you know, it's actually really interesting from uh, an artist's side to share the stories and to listen other stories because, you know, you can see uh, only visible parts of the success in the space and sometimes it's really important to to know some, you know, backsides of it and uh, maybe you just don't know something about it or artists don't show it, don't share it like in a 
regular Twitter life, but uh, from such personal stories, you can learn really a lot and also maybe to realize and to learn something for, for yourself too. So uh, thank you for inviting me and it was really nice to get to know you better too and uh, hope that uh, my story uh, was helpful. It was lovely. I really appreciated all of your insights, Nora. Thank you so much, Nora. Thanks everyone for being here today. I hope you all have a wonderful Saturday and a wonderful weekend. Thank you so much. Bye-bye.